0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have this morning celebrated Lazarus Saturday. Our friend, the friend of our Lord Lazarus, having been called from his four days in the tomb, wrapped in burial clothing. And this story about this man being raised from the dead goes throughout Israel. And this evening we have heard about our Lord's approach then his triumphal entry into Jerusalem as we begin our celebration of Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week for us, as it is, as it is the commencement of the last week of our Lord's life before his death and resurrection. But it is the story of the raising of Lazarus that ripples through Israel, that brings, as everyone is already heading to Jerusalem to keep the Passover, that they, when they see our Lord, and they also see that he's sitting upon a young donkey, that they go before him shouting Hosanna, and not just adults, but children the excitement, the fervor, the expectation fulfilled even with the shouts of children. And in many ways, this is the beginning of our Lord's uh, explicit proclamation of who he is in acceptance. If you read the Gospels, there's very often he does something, he says, don't tell anybody about this. Call it the messianic secret in certain circles there 's this kind of like why doesn 't Jesus just go on the the rooftops and shout it out? But now, as we come to Palm Sunday, he accepts all of the signs of a returning king uh, in glory, except very particular notes about this king he 's riding on a donkey, which is not the nice, big, stout horse that a Roman general or a king would be riding upon. Instead, as we heard in the readings going back even to Genesis, that there is an expectation of a donkey. And then in the reading from the prophecy of Zephaniah, again, there is an expectation that there is coming a Lord who is mighty, who will save but in Zechariah, we hear that he is coming on a young foal, a donkey. He's meek. But even in this proclamation that we heard in Zechariah, Behold, thy king is coming to thee, just and saving. He is meek and riding on an ass upon a young foal. Then it goes into all of this language. He's going to destroy the chariots of Ephraim, the horses out of Jerusalem. The bow of war shall be utterly destroyed. And it goes on To talk of the Lord God Almighty shall be over them. He's going to handle them like the sword of a warrior. His arrow is going to go forth like lightning. He is going to sound the trumpet and go forth in the noise of his threatening. The Lord Almighty shall defend them. We have all of these powerful images of a victorious king, a king who's come to save, to defend. And not, um, well, he's come to fight, and we see how he's going to fight, as he has throughout his entire ministry, from his birth to the way in which he taught, the way in which he practiced miracles, the way in which he enters into Jerusalem, the way that God wages war is a lot different than the way that we might wage war. We're familiar with this idea of fighting. I'm sure all of us at some point have had to fight for something. If not something, uh, even with loved ones, that there needs to be something that has to be dealt with. And sometimes it even comes desperation and where it seems like we have to actually wage war or there's some siege mentality or something that can happen. But our Lord... When he comes, he comes, as the prophet says, in meekness. He comes as he came as a child, in the defenselessness of a child in a backwater of the empire. He comes not with an army, but with a ragtag team of apostles. He comes not with battle cry from Uh, trumpeters or the drums, but he has children going before him shouting Hosanna. We have in our Lord that the battle that he is going to ultimately fight will be accomplished as he stands silently before Pilate, as he hangs upon the cross, forgiving those who are hurling abuses at him, that we see in his forgiveness of all of them, and then in the meekness of God dying a human death. Even the meekness and the powerlessness of being taken off of the cross and put into a grave that we will celebrate on Holy Saturday and the work that he had to accomplish and even the silence of death. For our Lord does not fight his threatenings and the bow and the lightning, all of this kind of fireworks type that we hear in the prophet. We see them in a completely different light. We are given the key to interpret them, to understand them and how God calls to us. God does not usually, sometimes he might come up and slap us in the face by something happening in our life. But usually God does not come in the fire. He does not come in the earthquake. He doesn't come in the whirlwind. He comes in the whisper. He comes in meekness. He comes in vulnerability. He comes in great humility. And it's usually us, those, if you notice, in Jerusalem who haven't heard much about him, they're really put off by this. Jerusalem may not be, you know, the New York City of the ancient world, but it was still consider itself to be cosmopolitan, you know, advanced. They know what's going on and if not that, then at least they know they have the true religion and that they know how things are supposed to go. But it is our Lord riding in meekness with his ragtag team of disciples who will abandon him and betray him, forsake him. But it is this God who comes to save us, who comes in great meekness and humility, calling to us to imitate him so that we too can enter into the kingdom. May God give us grace to imitate his meekness, to learn how to see him in the uh, Approach him in all of his humility, that in our own humility, reaching down to the ground uh, in prostration before him, we too can enter into glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.